Hi, well, welcome back to uh, Discipleship.ca. Today we're doing an interview with uh, Tim Weeb. Um, I was a hockey chaplain in Alberta, Canada, uh, with a with a local hockey team, and uh, Tim was the guy in charge of all of the chaplains. Well, he chaplained, I don't know, two, three, four teams at a time. Um, so Tim works uh, for Hockey Ministries International, and... Uh, yeah, we're excited that he could join us today to talk about discipleship. Uh, Tim, who, who, what teams are you working with currently? Uh, right now, I am doing the Spruce Grove Saints of the Alberta Junior Hockey League and the Edmonton Oil Kings of the Western Hockey League, and a couple on the side that might be going here in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you're just plugging holes with a couple of them. Um, so for those that don't know hockey very well, it's... Uh, 16-ish to 20 years old guys who are, you name two teams, uh, one set of guys is trying to get scholarships to American colleges uh, to continuing education by playing hockey, and the other group is playing uh, in the league that typically uh, the NHL drafts players out of, so they're trying to jump right from that into uh, some sort of pro hockey uh, right away, and and you kind of do those two things. What does uh, what does a week in the life of a chaplain coordinator look like? Uh, well, a typical week if I have chapel, which you know I have a chapel on Thursday, so I'll spend. Uh, I mean, it's one of those kind of like doing a sermon, right? You, it's not like you really sit down and write it in an hour or whatever. It's kind of percolating throughout the week or whatever. So you kind of have a topic that you're going for and that, but I'll spend an afternoon kind of trying to formulate uh, some questions and and that, and then uh, we'll have a chapel uh, with the Spruce Grove team. I do it at my house. Uh, My wife cooks a meal for them to entice the guys to come usually, (laughs) Um, but it works good. We'll get, uh, well, we've only had one this year. We had uh, 21 guys, which is almost the whole team. Uh, which is great. That, that number probably throughout the year drops down to 15 or, or so is kind of, you know, where our average will be. But uh, so I do that. And then right now it's set up real nice at my my other team chapels on the opposite week that I don't have chapels with Spruce Grove. So I'm basically doing one a week right now. Uh, that one I do at the rink because it's downtown Edmonton, a little bit further away. Um, and uh, so again, I'll bring in some snacks or cookies into the dressing room basically trying to make it convenient for the guys um, uh, to come because their schedules are super busy. And, uh, and then, yeah, we'll, we'll do a a talk, 15 minute devotional um, closing prayer. And yeah. And then I'll just basically chat with guys one-on-one throughout the week uh, via text. I'll try and go to a home game and, and visit the guys who aren't playing after the game or during the game. And Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and and I'm still a chaplain, so I moved out of Alberta, and I'm uh, I'm a chaplain in the in the town that we're in uh, in the Junior A League, or well, not the Junior A League anymore. Uh, it's oh, a, it. it's a thing, uh, it's a vibe. You'd have to research it and have to want to know all about that stuff. But uh, uh, yeah, so I do the same kind of stuff that Tim's got. I actually have a chapel tonight, um, so oh, nice. yeah, we're we're doing that, and and uh, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. So as we talk about discipleship. Um, you've got this this chapel deal where there's going to be some believers on the team at different times. So you've got a discipleship aspect to it, but you also have an outreach kind of evangelism uh, deal going on as well. And sometimes it's just information, right? People, just, guys want to just know what is faith about, who is Jesus really. So it's almost apologetics 
Uh, like you get a whole bunch of different feels to what you do there. Um, so if I was to transition to the podcast, in context of all of that, knowing that's kind of how you land, uh, what do you feel that discipleship is to you? And I mean, we're going to get to how does it work in your work and how does it work in your family? So you can kind of range around in there and see how it works. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think if I'm putting it down to one word, I would probably say relationship. Yeah. Um, building a lot of relationship with these guys. And um, uh, again, guys are at all levels from no faith to most, I would say, have some kind of faith as a child. Um, but as hockey kind of took over, uh, they, you know, kind of got left behind maybe their Christmas and Easter, um, you know, believing in God. And, yep. and then there's some, there's some guys uh, that, that have a faith in Christ and, and are in an environment that is not conducive to growth. Yeah. And so, my my I guess I see it as building a relationship with these guys and being able to speak some some truth and um yeah that I mean comes from my story as well too right I quit junior hockey because of, of that reason I was trying to grow and I couldn't grow and you know came to the realization my hockey career wasn't going anywhere but uh, if I was hanging around these guys too much it was going to be too much of a negative influence so I want to help guys get through that and be a light to their teammates as well so yeah yeah, so it's a very relational kind of dynamic that you work with uh, with the hockey team. Um, so how does that how does that translate for you um, uh, to to like family? Right, I know you've got you've got kids. Uh, you got a son and a daughter, right? Uh, two daughters. Uh, two daughters and a son. And a son. There we go. And you're married, uh, you know, because you got that going on. You already said your wife uh, does all the cooking for the one team. How does discipleship, so you've got these guys in, you know, a hockey team that you're working with. How does discipleship work for you as a husband, a father, uh, and just a guy? Like, in, in that context yourself, how does it all work for you personally? Um, I mean, again, it still goes down to relationship with the family. It's obviously a lot closer, yeah. but a lot of modeling. Um, yep. You know, I, I'm pretty purposeful in, you know, because I, I coordinate um, all the chapel programs for the league. Uh, I'm able to work from home, so uh, yep. which means I can have a nice schedule. I, I kind of purposefully make sure that I'm reading my Bible out at the kitchen table, uh, you know, yep. in the morning or whatever, right? Which isn't necessarily the best for, for quiet time uh, in the chaos. But my kids are older now, so it's a little bit uh, better. Uh, they're, yeah, my youngest is in grade 12. So, um, but yeah, so I'm out there just kind of modeling that they see me in God's word. And, and I think mm -hmm. that's, that's important. Um, and then, yeah, having, having discussions with them about, about, uh, you know, what they're, what they're being taught at school. I got two kids in university. Um, so they're getting a, a full dose of, I would say unbiblical teaching, um, <laughs> To put it nicely, I guess, but yeah. uh, and so just talk about what that means, what that looks like, uh, how does it how does it correspond back to God's word, right? Yeah. Uh, and and I you know try and bring everything back to God's word, and and even you know looking at the way Jesus um, had his you know his discipleship group, right? He had his twelve disciples, he had his inner group, right? So maybe you know my family is, but but he yeah my family would maybe be that inner group. Um, right. for now, um, yep. that will probably move on, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah, Jesus would sit down with them at times and, and chat with them. And other times he would just, 
like he would just walk it out and model it and, yep. and let them observe. And, and so I, I'm kind of trying to do a little bit of both um, and hoping that they're coming to me with questions and, and trying to at times be, um, yeah, asking them questions, right? And, yeah. and I think you see all, all of that in Jesus's ministry, right? There's times where the disciples are asking him a question. Can you explain this to us? And, and there's times where uh, Jesus is asking them questions, like who do the people say I am, right? And, and there's times yeah. where he's just modeling, right? He's going up on the mountain by himself. And um, yeah, so I, I think there, that's, I, I try and follow that in, in my family life for sure. And uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's good. I mean, I knew that you would say that you do your your, your devotional time at the kitchen table because we've talked about that before uh, when you would come out uh, and we would have their connect time just as the chaplain to the coordinator kind of sessions, just how we navigate life at home with the kids when we're literally doing something with an entire team and sometimes you, you realize, like, I got to do this with my kids in, in an even more intentional way. Uh, and I'm getting this scheduled thing with a whole bunch of, for all intents and purposes, kids um, yeah. that aren't mine. And I'm putting all this time and energy into that, uh, into that team. But yet I'm, you know, I'm busy and I forget my own team right at home, just like you said. So it turns into that relational modeling process that you have to kind of navigate. Like, how do I make sure that my kids are catching and hearing me? make make much about Jesus as I walk this out, which is which is great. Uh we're one year ahead of you. It's a very quiet life next year when <laughs> that last child is out of high school. I don't know if they're living at home. Um we got one at home and two that one's away at school and one is literally just last week moved out into his own own place and getting married next week. So life gets very quiet at home all of a sudden uh in that world. Um how does that work for you now? One of the dynamics there, you've got your wife baking and doing stuff. How does how does that discipleship model for you work as a husband? Um, yes, like I mean, same thing. Uh, you know, yeah. I think part of it is is letting my wife see me read my Bible, and uh, you know, so again, she's getting to to see that. Um, we try to make a point to pray specifically for our kids, uh, but other stuff as well. Uh, every every night uh, when yeah. we you know when we go to bed together, um, and you know I wouldn't say it's every night, but most nights that that tends to work out. As you get older, you kind of your bedtimes kind of mesh together. I think and it gets a little bit earlier, but um, yeah, it's uh, so yeah. Uh, again, and, and then. Um, yeah, it's been it's been good as my wife has been able to help uh, a little bit more in the ministry as well too, and just seeing. So, um, part of our ministry is in the summertime. We do hockey camps for kids ages nine to seventeen, and so my wife has been able to come to two of those because she works in a school, so she has the summers off. So she usually comes right. to two camps and helps me out, uh, and so gets to see exactly uh, you know what it's like the chaos of, of the camp and, and both those camps are, are pretty busy for me. So, um, but, uh, again, she just is able to, to see exactly what I'm doing. Um, and I think that helps her in her prayer life, uh, you know, and knowing how to pray when I'm at these other camps and, um, and then, yeah, same thing for me, you know, knowing 
she's working with uh, kids in the school. Usually she's in the counseling office. So you're working either with the kids who are um, like the, the elite and trying to get to that next level and want like in grade 10, want to know how, what do I need to do to get into the best university? And then you've got the kids at the other end of the spectrum who are struggling to stay in school. And, and so she works with a lot of, uh, of those kids. And um, so again, being able to talk to her about those things and, and then go, okay, like how do you navigate in that school environment? How do we navigate standing up for Christ, but keeping your job and. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, you guys have a nice blend of the two. She kind of is in it with you and you're kind of in it with her as the sounding board and and that kind of stuff. Those hockey camps, those are, those are kind of all over the place, right? From looking at the hockey ministries at international, not necessarily the ones you go to, um, but they do hockey camps as an outreach tool across the U.S., Canada, and a little bit in Europe as well, right? That's correct, yeah. So we have, uh, this year we did about 35 camps in the summer, 33 or something like that. Um, and yeah, they're mostly in Canada and the U.S. There's uh, seven countries that we work in, so there is a few over in Sweden. And uh, uh, well, I don't think we did the Ukraine one this year, obviously, and um uh, Czech Republic and, uh, so our Chechia, I guess it is now. And, yeah. but, uh, um, yeah, so, so, and I usually go to five or six of those in a, in a summer, depending on, on where, so mostly in Western Canada, but, yeah. uh, if needed, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be down in the States and Pittsburgh or St. Louis or yeah. wherever, but, um, and yeah, it's basically, if you've been to a, like a Christian Bible camp, it's basically very similar to that. Uh, except your only options are hockey and there's no yeah. or, yeah. <laughs> yes i uh, i never went to one as a camper and i never worked as one as a chaplain but i went to one hockey camp um it was before it was hockey ministries international and uh, uh mike gartner was still playing for the washington capitals at the time and his son was in my cabin and Mike Gardner, the NHL All-Star, would come in and say goodnight to his son every night. And then I was left with like 15 kids that were bouncing off the walls because their NHL hero had just <laughs> been in the room with them and, you know, talking about stuff. And it was like the hardest week I've ever, ever went through trying to get these kids to go to bed because unlike Bible camp, like you said, it's we have ice time at 630 in the morning. So you got to get up, get ready, get your equipment, eat breakfast and get going like it's uh, it's a very different kind of camp experience. So, yeah, I I get that that busyness of that uh, thing. Um, One of the things that we're starting to realize as we go through these interviews with different people is uh, uh, discipleship is exactly what you talked about, that open consistency, lots of conversation, lots of relationship. It's uh, one of the things that we wanted to see was like, what were the commonalities that came out as we talked to different people? And and uh, it it's traveling right down this track. Uh, but then we get to this last question, which is where uh, it's interesting how different people answer it. And that is just like, if you could get everybody to understand one thing about discipleship, so figuring out faith, how that works for you, all of those kinds of things, and boil it into, if you could just make, get people to understand one thing, what would you pick? What would you have them dial, download into their brains uh, and, and just not have, uh, not have to go through the knocks of life to figure it out? 
Um, <laughs> I do send I do send the questions out yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Anybody's listening, but every single person I interview does that same thing. Uh. <laughs> still, it is still it's a, it is a really good question because I think I would have I could give you multiple answers. Um, but one of the things that as I was thinking about it that kind of stood out, and this is maybe maybe more specific in, in my ministry, but I think in life in general, I think it would be applicable, um, is that your discipleship, with maybe the exception of your kids, is temporary in yeah. some ways. So people come and go from your life, right? So specifically in my ministry, if, if I'll have a kid for four years at the most, um, and I can't be afraid to, to hand him off, um, uh, and I guess part of that is also just entrusting that, um, like the Holy Spirit's gonna gonna take care of them, right? And yeah. and uh, yeah. so, um, yeah. So I guess it would be make the most of the time that you have with the people that God has put in your life, but then understand that they're not necessarily your disciples; they're Christ's disciples, and He's got them moving along. And they may maybe they are there for a long, long time. Um, but some relationships, like I said, specifically for me, it's only for three, four years, and then they move on to another team, or they get traded, uh, or whatever. And um, sometimes you stay in touch with them, but often that that fades. And and again, it's just kind of trusting that that God is, you know, taking them where they need to be for that for that next step. And, and I'm just a step in the process, I guess, of of their of their walk. So yeah, no, there's that. There's that. Um it's not urgency, right? Like you're not trying to pack everything in as fast as you can, but you realize there's a lot of people that come into your life and you get a season where you get to speak into them, uh, the things that you've learned in faith and you want them to learn. Um, and you never really know when that is going to end. Uh, that's the one thing I noticed with, with hockey chapels, uh, and, and still even this year, you know, you get a guy who asks all the questions and you're working them through and they start to become more and more curious about faith and you finally are get you feel like you're getting somewhere and they get traded. Yeah. Right. And you're just like, whoa, like I could have done that faster, I guess, but I needed to do it well. And you you start to realize like we get these opportunities and you just have to steward uh those those moments where you speak to you know, you're speaking faith. Uh, issues and, and helping people through different things you have to just you know you have to steward those opportunities well because you just never know when they're going to end right and I, I would agree you, you, your kids you're they're stuck with you and you're stuck with them for the rest of their lives right which is a good yeah. thing yeah. Um, so yeah you have you know you you likely have a different kind of time frame to work with them but uh, I mean I think that's the same for pastors right you don't really know how long somebody's going to be in your church for or uh, even you know for the believer in the workplace, you don't know how long you're going to have, you know, that person sitting beside your desk for however long or in the workshop with you or whatever it is. So, yeah, that's a great, that's a great, uh, great reminder to, to steward those things. Well, um, that's the end of my questions, but I do have one more question for you knowing, knowing the reality of hockey ministries international and your, uh, working with them. And there is, uh, I, I mean, I've been to an auction where you're raising money for, uh, supporting your ministry. And I know that's a thing for a lot of people across the board in hockey ministries international. Um, what is, do you know, off the top of your head, if, 
And I, we have a lot of American and Canadian listeners. We have some European, Asian, African, the rest, but uh, all the other continents are covered as well. Uh, but for our Canadians and Americans, if they wanted to, if they had a heart for hockey players, uh, where can they go to figure out how to like donate to Hockey Ministries International, like the ministry? I yep. know it's funded a different few different ways, but I also know there is a pretty big aspect of raise your own support and living on donations from from folks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can go to the website. That would be the easiest way, hockeyministries.org. Uh, and from there, just there's a donate button right on the top, and you can specifically donate to um, uh, certain aspects of the ministry. If you want to donate to camps, you can donate to camps. I believe there's even a line you can specifically say, I want to donate to this camp. Uh, so right. you put in a camp ministry and then, you know, you can say St. Louis or whatever. Um, you can donate specifically to staff members or you can donate to the to the ministry as a whole. Uh, Can Canadian or U.S. donations are accepted to registered charity in both countries. So you can get a tax receipt for anything over twenty five dollars. Um, yeah, that's that's by far uh, the best way to do it. Um, so and there's also, you know, the address you can mail a check if, if you're old school. <laughs> um, they have an address on mailing address on there. You can send that in as well. Yeah. And yeah. So. And then one last question just to, uh, I don't remember the statistics off the top of my head, but, uh, hockey ministries international is all the way up to the NHL level and all the way down to, there are some people that work with kind of a bit younger kids, right? Like it goes a little lower than, than uh, in different areas, not necessarily in every place, but it is uh, an organization. If you, if somebody was listening and their kid was in a hockey program and was starting to get to that, you know, midget triple a kind of the, a little bit older age range. Uh, and they wanted to talk to somebody about how to get a chaplaincy started. Is there a process on the website that they can go to there? Or is that a conversation they have with like their team or, um, yeah, I mean, that can be done through, uh, again, through the website. If you just, you know, click on the contact us and send an email, it will get directed to the right person, um, depending on where you are. And we are, we are focusing a lot on, uh, youth hockey. Uh, yeah. so yeah, everything basically from U8 to, to U18, um, yeah. uh, and, and at all levels, whether it be elite or just house league, um, that's what what we're probably where we're seeing the, I'd say the biggest growth uh, right now, which is good because we are very covered at the pro and and junior levels. Um, but that's the tip of the iceberg. Literally, it's one percent of the hockey players, and so uh, we are growing uh, down at the youth hockey level and really uh, are looking for people to to serve as chaplains. And one of the nice things is on our website we have resources where you can. Um, you can become a chaplain through through our website, and we've got uh, I think there's 14 or more, 24 maybe chapel like pre-made chapels on there that you can just follow along. You can adapt them if you want, but they've got questions and everything you can ask. Um, so uh, you know on different topics. So it's it's really good. You can you know you wouldn't even have to really necessarily. I don't say you wouldn't have to prep anything, but but you don't have to worry about getting the questions and and stuff like that. Yeah. You can customize it for your team and and see where they're at in that, but, but there's really good resources on there uh, to do that. And so I would certainly recommend doing that. And like I said, that's where we're seeing the biggest growth. We want to equip people to go out and, and view their hockey team as a mission field. 
Yeah. Uh, whether that be discipling people or evangelizing, right? And yep. and uh, it, it's very much both. So yeah, yeah. So if you're listening and you are a fan of hockey and you love Jesus and you've never really realized that there's a group of people working in the background to uh, bring faith to the rink, uh, you can always check that out. Like uh, Tim said, Hockey Ministries International dot org. Just hockeyministries.org. Just hockeyministries.org. And it's a little too uh, long. If you want to support or get involved, yeah, you can do that. And I know there's like there's some Facebook pages and some Instagram stuff, and there's ways to get connected. Um, Tim, I've always appreciated you ever since the first day. I got a random phone call and said, Can you meet with the hockey team? And they were in the midst of a a hard, uh, a hard uh a couple days as a, a player had lost his father in an accident and you were a couple hours away and I was two blocks away. So uh, my name got passed to you and uh, that was quite a while ago and I've been a chaplain ever since. Uh, yes. I've enjoyed your ministry and your leadership and uh, happy that you could join us today and, and talk about that. So uh, listeners, if you've got questions, you can always fire them in. If you want to get connected to Tim somehow, I can make that uh, connection for you guys. Uh, we're thankful that you've uh, joined us on discipleship.ca and hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Steve.